Chapter Thirteen of the First Violin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The First Violin by Jessie Fothergill. Chapter Thirteen. Cuffy Clutch. Phyllis. I want none of thy friendship. Lesbia. Then take mine enmity. When a number of ladies meet together to discuss matters of importance, we call it Cuffy Clutch. Courvoisier had said to me on that never-forgotten afternoon of my adventure at Cologne. It was my first café clutch which, in a measure, decided my destiny. Hitherto, that is, up to the end of June, I had not been at any entertainment of this kind. At last there came an invitation to Frau Steinmann and to Anna Sartorius to assist at a café of unusual magnitude, and Frau Steinmann suggested that I should go with them and see what it was like. Nothing loath, I consented. Bring some work, said Anna Sartorius to me, or you will find it langweilig, slow, I mean. Shall we not have some music? Music, yes, the sweetest of all, that of our own tongues. You shall hear everyone's candid opinion of everyone else present company always accepted and you will see what the state of ilbertol society is really like present company still accepted by a very strange chance the ladies who meet at a cafe are always good pious virtuous and above all charitable it is wonderful how well they manage to keep the black sheep out and have nothing but lambs immaculate oh don't oh bah i know the elbertal clatchery it has picked me to pieces many a time after you have partaken of its coffee and its cakes it will pick you to pieces but said i arranging the ruffles of my best frock which i had been told it was de rigueur to wear i thought women never gossiped so much among men Fräulein sartorius laughed loud and long men to meine güte men at the cafe clutch show me the one that a man dare even look into and i'll crown you and him too with lauren and bay and the wild parley a man at the cafe my god es bewahren oh said i half disappointed and with a very poor mean sense of dissatisfaction at having put on my pretty new dress for the first time only for the edification of a number of virulent gossips men she reiterated with a harsh laugh as we walked towards the goldenkrasse our destination men no we despise their company you see we only talk about them directly or indirectly from the moment of meeting to that of parting i'm sorry there are no gentlemen said i and i was i felt i looked well arrived at the scene of the cafe we were conducted to a bedroom where we laid aside our hats and mantles i was standing before the glass drawing a comb through my upturned hair and contemplating with irrepressible satisfaction the delicate lavender hue of my dress when i suddenly saw reflected behind me the dark harshly cut face of anna sartorius she started slightly then said with a laugh which had in it something a little forced 
we are contrast aren't we beauty and the beast one might almost say now so stadnitz i turned away in a little offended pride her familiarity annoyed me what if she were a thousand times cleverer wittier better read than i i did not like her a shade crossed her face is it that you are thoroughly unamiable said she in a voice which had reproach in it or are all english girls so touchy that they receive a compliment upon their good looks as if it were an offence i wish you would not talk of my good looks as if i were a dog or a horse said i angrily i hate to be flattered i am no beauty and do not wish to be treated as if i were do you always hate it said she from the window whither she had turned ach there goes herr courvoisier the name startled me like a sudden report i made an eager step forward before i had time to recollect myself then stopped he is not out of sight yet said she with a curious look if you wish to see him i sat down and made no answer what prompted her to talk in such a manner was it a mere coincidence he is a handsome fellow nicht wahr she said still watching me while i thought frau steinmann never would manage to arrange her cap in the style that pleased her what a taugenichts all the same pursued anna as i did not speak don't you think so she added a taugenichts i don't know what that is what you call a good for nothing oh nicht wahr she persisted i know nothing about it i do i will tell you all about him some time i don't wish to know anything about him so said she with a laugh without further word or look i followed frau steinmann downstairs the lady of the house was seated in the midst of a large concourse of old and young ladies holding her own with a well-seasoned hardihood in the midst of the awful babble of tongues what a noise it smote upon and stunned my confounded ear our hostess advanced and led me with a wave of the hand into the centre of the room when she introduced me to about a dozen ladies and everyone in the room stopped talking and working and stared at me intently and unwinkingly until my name had been pronounced after which some still continued to stare at me and commenting openly upon it meanwhile i was conducted to a sofa at the end of the room and requested in a set phrase bitte fräulein nehmen sie platz auf dem sofa with which long custom has since made me familiar to take my seat upon it i humbly tried to decline the honour but anna sartorius behind me whispered sit down directly unless you want to be thought an utter barbarian the place has been kept for you deeply impressed and very uncomfortable i sat down first one and then another came and spoke and talked to me their questions and remarks were much in this style do you like elberthal what is your christian name how old are you have you been or are you engaged to be married they break off engagements in england over a mere trifle don't they schrecklich did you get your dress in elberthal what did it cost the ella 
young english ladies wear silk much more than young german ladies you never go to the theater on sunday in england you are all petersteich how beautifully you speak our language really no foreign accent this reply and unblushingly in spite of my most flagrant mistakes and in the face of my most feeble halting and stammering efforts to make myself understood do you learn music singing from whom herr von francius ach so pause while they all look impressively at me the very name of von francius calls up emotions of no common order i believe i have seen you at the proben to the paradise lost perhaps you are the lady who is to take the solos yes du lieber himmel what do you think of herr von francius is he not nice net though signifies something feminine and finikin no how odd there is no accounting for the tastes of english women do you know many people in elbetal no schade no officers not hauptmann chasse with voice growing gradually shriller no lieutenant piper not no lieutenant piper ah oh, gottes villain what do you mean he is so handsome such eyes such a moustache herr gott and you do not know him i will tell you something when he went off to the autumn maneuvers at frankfurt i have it on good authority twenty young ladies went to see him off disgusting i exclaimed unable to control my feelings any longer i saw anna sartorius malignantly smiling as she rocked herself in an american rocking-chair how disgusting you are joking he had dozens of bouquets all the girls are in love with him they compel the photographer to sell them his photograph and they all believe he is in love with them i believe louisa Bredenshine will die if he doesn't propose to her they ought to be ashamed of themselves but he is so very handsome so delightful he dances divinely and knows such good riddles and acts ah oh, himmlich but how absurd to make such a fuss of him i cried hot and indignant the idea of going on so about a man a chorus a shriek a babble of expostulations listen thekla fräulein wedderburn does not know lieutenant piper and does not think it right to shram for him the darling no one can help it who knows him said another let her wait till she does know him said thekla a sentimental woman pretty in a certain sentimental way and graceful too also sentimentally with the sentiment that lingers about young ladies albums with leaves of smooth various-hued note-paper and about the sonnets which nestle within the same there was a sudden shriek there he goes there is the herr lieutenant riding by just come here mein fräulein see him judge for yourself a strong hand dragged me whether i would or not to the window and pointed out to me the herr lieutenant riding by an adorable creature in his uniform he had pink cheeks and a straight nose and the loveliest little model of a moustache ever seen tightly curling black hair and the dearest little feet and hands imaginable oh the dear handsome delightful fellow 
cried one enthusiastic young creature who had scrambled upon a chair in the background and was gazing after him while another behind me murmured in tones of emotion look how he salutes divine isn't it i turned away smiling an irrepressible smile my musician with his ample traits and clear bold eyes would have looked a wild rough untamable creature by the side of that wax doll beauty that pretty little being who had just ridden by i thought i saw them side by side here lieutenant piper and eugen Courvoisier. the latter would have been as much more imposing than the former as an oak is more imposing than a spruce fir as gluck than lotzing and could these enthusiastic young ladies have viewed the two they would have been true to their lieutenant so much was certain they would have said that the other was a wild man who did not cut his hair often enough who had large hands whose collar was perhaps chosen more with a view to ease and the free movement of the throat than to the smallest number of inches within which it was possible to confine that throat who did not wear polished kid boots and was not seen off from the station by twenty devoted admirers of the opposite sex was not deluged with bouquets with a feeling as of something singing at my heart i went back to my place smiling still see she is quite charmed with the lieutenant is he not delightful oh very so is a dresden china shepherd but if you let him fall he breaks Vekomis, how odd was the universal comment upon my eccentricity the conversation had wandered off to other military stars all of whom were heights in tubes or net so it went on until i got heartily tired of it and then the ladies discussed their female neighbours but i leave that branch of the subject to the intelligent reader it was the old tune with the old variations which were rattled over in the accustomed manner i listened half curious half appalled and thought of various speeches made by anna sartorius whether she were amiable or not she had certainly a keen insight into the hearts and motives of her fellow-creatures perhaps the gift had soured her anna and i walked home alone frau steinmann was with other elderly ladies of the company to spend the evening there as we walked down the Königsalin, how well to this day do i remember it the chestnuts were beginning to fade the road was dusty the sun setting gloriously the people thronging in crowds she said suddenly quietly and in a tone of the utmost composure so you don't admire lieutenant piper so much as herr courvoisier what do you mean i cried astonished alarmed and wondering what unlucky chance led her to talk to me of eugen i mean what i say and for my part i agree with you partly courvoisier bad though he may be is a man the other a mixture of doll and puppy she spoke in a friendly tone discursive as if inviting me to confide and comment on my part i was not inclined to give either i shrunk with morbid nervousness from owning to any knowledge of eugen my pride nay my very self-esteem 
bled whenever I thought of him or heard him mentioned. Above all, I shrunk from the idea of discussing him or anything appertaining to him with Anna Sartorius. "'It'll be time for you to agree with me when I give you anything to agree about,' said I coldly. "'I know nothing of either of the gentlemen and wish to know nothing.' There was a pause. Looking up, I found Anna's eyes fixed upon my face, amazed, reproachful. I felt myself blushing fierily. My tongue had led me astray. I had lied to her. I knew it. "'Do not say you know nothing of the gentleman. Herr Courvoisier was your first acquaintance in Elbertal.' "'What?' I cried with a great leap of the heart, for I felt as if a veil had suddenly been rent away from before my eyes, and I shone a precipice. "'I saw you arrive with Herr Courvoisier,' said Anna calmly. "'At least I saw you come from the platform with him.' and he puts you into a trotsky and i saw you cut him at the opera and i saw you go into his house after the general probe will you tell me again that you know nothing of him i should have thought you too proud to tell lies i wish you would mind your own business i said heartily wishing that anna sartorius were at the antipodes listen said she very earnestly and i remember it now though I did not heed it then, with wistful kindness. I do not bear you malice. You are so young and inexperienced. I wish you were more friendly, but I care for you too much to be rebuffed by your trifle. I will tell you about Courvoisier. Thank you, said I hastily. I beg you will do no such thing. I know his story. I can tell you the truth about him. I decline to discuss the subject said i thinking of eugen and passionately refusing the idea of discussing him gossiping about him with any one anna looked surprised then a look of anger crossed her face you cannot be in earnest said she i assure you i am i wish you would leave me alone i said exasperated beyond endurance you don't wish to know what i can tell you about him no i don't what is more if you begin talking to me about him i will put my fingers in my ears and leave you then you may learn it for yourself said she suddenly in a voice little more than a whisper you shall rue your treatment of me and when you know the lesson by heart then you will be sorry you are officious and impertinent said i white with ire i don't wish for your society and i will say good evening to you with that, I turned down a side street leading into the Alistrasse and left her. End of chapter 13